There are certain moments and words that shaped a new era in pro wrestling. Austin 316 says I just whipped your ass. Brett screwed Brett. Die, Rocky, die. Introducing the Book of Wrestling, 25 catchphrases that explain the Attitude Era. Tune in as we relive one of the most exciting, intense, and over-the-top times in WWE with new interviews with the voices that made the promos, calls, and catchphrases into history. Listen now. It's New York, New York, presented by FanDuel. Take a shot at betting the NBA with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Parlay Hub, filter by odds, sport, and bet type to easily find the most popular parlays and same-game parlays all on one page. Plus, start betting on the Explore page and the Pulse and bet live same-game parlays for every NBA game. So download the app today and bet with Fandle, official partner of the NBA. The ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 100 Gambler or visit rg-help.com. This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. Hello, everybody. Welcome in. It is a Spotify Live with yours truly after a pretty eventful night. Not such a happy night, though, if you are a fan of the Brooklyn Nets. I showed up tonight. I cannot say the same for Kevin Durant. I cannot say the same for one Kyrie Irving. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. To get what you got out of Drogic, right? To get that sort of performance, to get the effort you got out of Curry, to be up the amount of points that you were up in the first half, in the third quarter, and then to lose that game the way that you did, whoo, Celtics are a better team. I have never seen a team play this sort of defense on Kevin Durant. That is obvious. Kevin Durant has gotten his ass beat in this series, but no excuse. You got to be better. I mean, Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, as great as Kyrie Irving was in game one, he stunk tonight in game two. Oh, my goodness, did he stink. I hope that banana helped him out. He needed it. He needed a little fuel. Holy moly, what a disaster. And this was not a must for the Nets. You knew the supporting players for Boston were going to show up. Pritchard, tremendous. Grant Williams was tremendous. See, Grant Williams kept the Celtics in that game in the first half, where they were going to be getting their doors blown off by 20-plus points. And then in the second half, the Celtics went to Jalen Brown again and again and again and again, and the Nets didn't have an answer. Here's the problem for Brooklyn. This defense that you are seeing is not changing from the Boston Celtics. 
It's only going to get better if they ever get Williams back into the fold. You tell me Goran Dragic is going to play like this again? I can't tell you that Curry's going to shoot like this again. The Nets are in enormous trouble in this series. And listen, I picked the Celtics to win at the get-go. I thought they were the better team. I thought they were the deeper team. And by no means is this series over. But now you're asking a team that's not as deep, a team that's not as well coached, a team that doesn't play the same sort of defense to go win four out of five games. I would be putting my money against that. I know these series can change. I know these series can shift. But the Celtics are the better team. That was my feeling going in. That was my feeling after game one, even though they got fired by the skin of their teeth. And that was my feeling in game two. Hats off, Boston Celtics taking care of business. And if you're the Nets, the missed opportunity in game one, the huge lead here in game two, and what happened tonight to Kyrie and KD. And KD in both games of this series has stunk. Let's call it like it is. He's the best player on the planet. He's supposed to be the guy that's at the top of his game here in these playoff series. Yes, the Celtic defense has been great. But you got to rise above that. Case closed. you got to find a way to rise above that. Now, baseball perspective tonight. I'm still salty after what I saw from Cole yesterday. How embarrassing was Cole? I mean, the Yankees won. They've won two in a row. They're two games over 500. It's so uninspiring, but that's a story for a different day. Cole stunk yesterday. Severino actually pitched with some balls today. He actually grinded out the game. He got outs when he needed to get outs. And the Yankee offense did enough. Kind of Falefa had a big night, a couple of hits. Rizzo continues to be in the middle of everything for the Yankees. Take it. Now, I'd love to see him go and sweep a series, for goodness sakes. That's something they have not done. That is something they have failed to do time and time again going back to last year. Remember, every time the Yankees had an opportunity to sweep the series, they couldn't do it. So I'd like to see that today or later on tomorrow, whenever the hell it is. But Seve coming back and giving you five innings of one-run baseball on a day where he didn't have his best stuff, Seve's a gamer. That's a guy who could pitch for me any day of the week. And I'm glad he's back with the New York Yankees. Waiting on this Met game to wrap up. Mets right now down 5-2 in the ninth inning. Not the best night for Chris Bassett. Chris Bassett. Was due. The Met rotation was due. Not a great night overall for Bassett. But you love the stuff of the Mets. The Yankees start has been okay. The Nets are in a world of trouble. Oh, baby, the Nets are in a world of trouble. I never thought I'd find myself rooting like crazy for the Celtics. But here we are. Jake is going to lead us off. He gets us going. Jake, take it away, buddy. JJ, can you hear me? I got you, buddy. What's happening, kid? The biggest reason why the Nets were so awful. You want to hear it? Let's hear it. I bet 50 bucks in the Nets as a diehard Nets fan saying, I got the reverse jinx force. You're not winning or I'm winning. One's happening. Well, let me ask you a question, Jake. Do you feel better about that? You know, you donate some money, but the team that you despise ends up losing the game. I, I, I guess it's blood money. I mean, I don't like that logic. To me, I want to win both. I don't like the idea of the emotional hedge or whatnot. But if that did it for you, bro, more power to you. You know what? Like for, for 50 bucks, I, I can do that because I'm not doing anything crazy. Of course, Vandal, sponsor of the show. And, uh, like, I'm not doing anything crazy. But, hey, that's uh, a couple of drinks. And, hey, like, I may have to double down and just, like, continue with the night. Well, if you want to just keep donating and you want to make sure that the Nets go and lose this series, more power to you. I'm not approaching it that way. I have money on the Celtics. Now, I did not tonight. I like the Nets tonight. 
I actually thought the Nets were going to cover this game. I thought the Nets were going to win this game. Um, and they were sitting pretty for two and a half quarters. Jake, they're not going to survive Durant having games like this in this series. I mean, Durant going four of 17 from the field, basically getting his 18 points from the charity stripe. You're not beating the Celtics with Durant playing like this. No chance. Of course, which is why I'm saying I don't think Durant does this if it's not for me. If I don't do that. So basically what you are telling me, Jake, is that you have put this into the air. You have thrown this voodoo out there just to mush the Nets. Hey, if that's something you want to do, more power to you. Let's head to Ethan. I hope Ethan is ready to go. What's up, pal? Hey, John. How's it going, my man? Ethan, I'm doing well. What's up, buddy? I am in a world of pain because you know I'm a net fan. I'm in a world of pain right now. And I'll tell you, I knew the game was going to slip away. You have, and like, I'm not really much of a spiritual person, though, but you have that kind of gut feeling. When the Celtics went on that mini run to close out the first half, and at first half that they played terribly, but they closed it out going on like, what, I think they scored like something like 10 points to the Nets, two in the last couple minutes of the first half. Oh, man. That's when I could just sense, okay, if we don't, I could really see the Nets blow in this game. Sure enough, they did. Now, it could be worse. Like, could be a Nick fan, but. Unfortunately, I was watching this game and you could just you could just sense the gut feeling I was having grow bigger and bigger and bigger. And then Tatum hits that dagger and just in the fourth quarter and just abs- Well, they hit about five daggers between Tatum and Brown. They hit every big shot. The role players were tremendous for Boston. I mean, Grant Williams kept them in the game with give, get no 17 points. A lot of them were in the first half. That was when the Celtics needed it. Pritchard who has been in and out of the Celtic rotation. He had some big moments in the fourth quarter. I don't think there's any doubt about it. And your boy Durant missed some easy looks. Now, the Celtics played some really good defense on him. They have for two games. They've bullied him. They've bodied him. They've made him uncomfortable. It's the most uncomfortable I think I've ever seen Kevin Durant. But at the same time, there are looks, there are shots that Kevin Durant normally hits and makes with these. And when he was missing them in the fourth quarter, when that's a five-point game and you need a bucket, he misses. When it's a seven-point game and you desperately need a bucket, he misses. It's as clear as day. It's not your night. Yeah, and it's 100% too because I've I've never seen, like typically it's one of those things where it's like, okay, if Durant has a bad game, Irving's going to have a good game. Or if Irving has a bad game, Durant's going to have a good game. They both had terrible games tonight. Just terrible games tonight. And I want to ask you this though. If, big if obviously, if Ben Simmons comes back for game four, which honestly, I'm not even focused on that at this point. I'm focused on Saturday's game, though. If Ben Simmons plays in game four, which I doubt he's, he's not going to start, obviously, though. But, like, do you really think he's going to have that big of an impact on this team? Because I guarantee you, he's not really going to be 100% whenever he's out there for game four, if he plays at all. Uh, Ethan, my gut feel, appreciate the call, is no. I, I, I do not have the sense. I do not have the feel that Ben Simmons is going to come in and ride on his white horse and be the game changer and be the guy that's going to save the Nets bacon. What, because he's going to play a little bit of defense? I mean, at most, what are you talking about? 10 to 12 minutes out of Ben Simmons? You can't play him at the end of these games because he's too scared to shoot. You think all of a sudden that's changing overnight? I don't think so. Celtics are a better team, folks. They're a better team. And if Durant and Irving are going to play like this, you got no chance. you got no chance. David is up next. He joins us. David, take it away, baby. JJ, how are you? I'm doing well, David. Fantastic. Just curious, are you going to do any sort of coverage on the uh, draft? You doing like- oh, yes, yes. Um, we're going to announce that on Thursday. We have something cooking. We are going to do – I'm going to be working my ass off draft night. There will be a Spotify Live during the draft. 
And then afterwards, I, I might as well spoil the party and the fun for you guys who are listening right now, and then we'll have this up on New York, New York in a little bit. I'm going to have Heifetz with some giant stuff, and Beningo will be joining us for some Jet stuff. So I know I said I was going to tease it. I'm, I'm a terrible liar. What else is new? Um, and I unveiled our draft plans. So there you go. Nice, nice. Looking forward to that. Okay, that'll be amazing. Um, as far as the Nets go, I just want to say I know how everyone I'm – I'm a Knicks fan, obviously, so I'm very uh, bitter about the Nets and Kevin Durant spurring my team and how they were anointed well, with Kyrie and KD coming. They were going to automatically win a championship. And I, I, I just tell you, Carmen's a bitch. Listen, the basketball god – excuse me there, David. The basketball gods are not going to shine brightly on the Brooklyn Nets when you think about guys not playing throughout the regular season the way this team was put together. Now, we've seen teams put together shotgun weddings. Superstar teams have great success. This team has barely played in the last two years. So a lot of those bounces, a lot of those little intricacies, if you will, ain't going to go your way when the basketball gods are not shining upon you. They're just not. Appreciate the call. Do the Nets deserve any sort of good karma? Uh, my my humble opinion is no. But, again, might be a little biased. Let's head to Chris, who is up next. He joins us. Hi, Chris. How we doing? Chris. Chris, let's go. Chris, got to unmute that mic. Let's go. Chris, not ready to go. I mean, we got to be ready to go here, guys. Unmute the mic and be ready to go. Let's head to uh, Justin in Floral Park. He's always ready to go. Hi, Justin. JJ, what's going on, brother? Justin, what's shaking, bro? I got to tell you, they have no answer for Jalen Brown. How good was Jalen Brown the second half of that game? He got whatever shot he wanted. Whatever shot he wanted, Justin, he got. And he got with ease. They don't play defense. They have no shot in this series, man. They're down. They're going to lose this series in five games. Well, Celtics are better. That I, I, I think people, maybe not nationally, but around here at least, a lot of people were selling the Celtics short going into this series. And listen, I admit in the middle of February, I was skeptical on the Celtics. I was like, this is not sustainable. They can't keep doing this. Their defense number one in the league and has been since January. It's not close. Their efficiency numbers back it up over the last four months. Justin, they're a very, very dangerous team because they have Tatum and Brown buying in, playing both ends of the floor, executing. You throw in Marcus Smart. You throw in their depth. You throw in their role players. They got a good coach. They got a really good team. Dude, Smart is playing defense like I saw Gary Payton back in the day, man. He is just on these guys. It's unbelievable. Smart's one of those guys, Justin. When he's on your team, you love him. When he's not on your team, you can't freaking stand him. He, he's a free agent, isn't he? He's going to get paid. I, I'm not sure about that. I got to double check that. I think you might be right on that. What did he get extended? He might have got it. I'll look it up right now. I'll look it up right now. Neither here nor there. JJ, I mean, this was uh, typical, man. Uh, Irving did not have the same kind of game that they had in game one. I really think they pissed away their opportunity in game one, man. Should have won that game. And I really think that this is going to be a short series. I really do think that, man. Because I think they're going to take one of these two games in, in Brooklyn. Well, and if the Celtics get one of the next two, this series is over. I'm telling you right now, the Nets are not winning three straight games in this series. I'd be shocked. I'd be shocked. And I'll take it a step further, Justin. I do not think they're winning this series. I've said that from the get-go. I think Boston's better. I think they're flat-out better. Are you watching this Philly-Toronto game? I'm into it. Yes, I am. I have it on right now. And I'm invested. And you know I'm on the Raptors. I'm in on the Raptors. But, J.J., this, this half-court offense that the Raptors have is horrendous, man. They, they don't do anything. 
Well, they miss. Let, let's be honest, though, Justin. They miss Barnes enormously. Oh, big time. Enormously. I, I was expecting more out of Van Fleet, man. The guy who won a championship. I, I don't know, man. He just. I'm, I'm, I'm not liking the way he's running the floor here, man. Well, you know what it is? He's one of those classic guys. When he is like your sixth man coming off the bench, when he is like your third, your fourth option, he's tremendous in that role. When he's getting catapulted into a more premier type of position, Justin, he's not that sort of guy. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Wow, that sums up my night. That sums up my night in a nutshell. Oh, boy. Thanks, Justin, five seconds ahead of me. I'm behind in the SNY studio, and I had to watch that. Ugh. Ugh. Miserable. Let's head to uh, Charlie and Elmhurst, who's up next. Hi, Charlie. Uh, Justin with that web. MB with a three-pointer. So I'm investing my ticket on the Phillies, so. Well, good for you. One man's a winner. One man is a loser. What can I say? Yeah, six leggers. So I'm um, actually right now the prob the worry. I'm kind of concerned with the the, the Phoenix Suns because Devin Booker is now looks like out for three uh, game three and four potentially. So that's not. I'm probably gonna sweat out this game. So uh, the six leggers. So, but anyway, uh, onto the basketball. Uh, the uh, the the snap on the, the, the Celtic game. Uh, I'm gonna tell you that coach. Nah, the what is that? Udoka, Udoka, Celtics coach. No, no, not not Udoka. No, I mean that Nash, Steve Nash. That's that's Jason Garrett point two point oh. You know, it's funny you say that. I got a lot of Aaron Boone vibes to Steve Nash. I got a lot of Aaron Boone vibes. I really do. They brought Steve Nash in to deal with people. He's never been a head coach before. He's getting exposed to it. Now, that can change quickly with a team. And in the NBA especially, players usually dictate your success or your failure. And the fact that Brooklyn did not end up having James Harden this year, Simmons doesn't play a game. Like, things have gone against the Brooklyn Nets. So this isn't all Steve Nash's fault. Do I think that Steve Nash is some big-time head coach, though? From what I've seen so far, Charlie, the answer to that question is no. I don't. I don't. Well, I mean, that, I mean, sorry for the basketball comments on that, but uh, well, I wanted to talk about on the Yanks side. Uh, Jay, uh, so I like the fact that the lineup is like this. I, actually, one thing I can't stand is Chad Green. Dude did it again to me. You, you know what, though? You don't need to see. Here's the bottom line with Green, though. Charlie, you don't need to see him in high-leverage situations anymore. With this bullpen being as deep as it is, Clay Holmes is a stud. Miguel Castro has been great. How about King? How about Schmidt? If Chad Green is giving up big hits and big doubles like he did against the Tigers, he could pitch in the fifth inning in a tie game. How about that? Oh yes, please, please. I don't want him in a big spot. I mean, I mean, I mean, they're fine. They, they, they luckily lucky that they IKF the um, pre and the. How about JJ? 
I want Joey Gallo off the team. I can't. Well, he stinks. He stinks. You notice, Charlie, none of the uh, keyboard warriors, none of the stat geeks came at me last night when Joey Gallo gives you a nice big fat home sombrero. He is brutal. He is absolutely brutal. As good as Rizzo is, as beautifully as Rizzo has fit this team, that's how poorly Gallo has fit this team. Gallo's been an abomination. I mean, you know how embarrassing Gallo is? I mean, the fact that Isaiah kiner Philippa, who I know that, like, first, like, five games ago, he was, like, you know, nervous, I guess. But he got a couple hits in the, the, the final game at home. Now he's on. He's actually hitting, like, was like nine for his last 17 or something? He's actually doing better. Hey, that's that's all you can ask for out of IKF. Play good defense. Make things happen. I like him running. I think the idea of him using his legs is a good thing for the Yankees. So I'm in on IKF right now. I like Hicks at the top of the order. I love LeMayu in the five spot. Hit him behind Stanton. Let Stanton get good pitches to hit. And then you have LeMayu there who could go and clean up the mess. I'm in on DJ in that five spot. Look, the Yankees are winning games and they're not scoring runs. And Judge has been brutal. So I guess there's a positive in that, Charlie. Bullpen outstanding. Rotation, not named Garrett Cole. Outstanding. Cole's been a disgrace. I mean, yesterday, Cole, you lose two or three to the Orioles. You get handed a three to nothing lead. You can't make it out of second inning. That's embarrassing. Flat out embarrassing. But his team picked him up. Clark Schmidt. Garrett Cole owes you some beers and maybe a Rolex. Let's head to Sam, who joins us. Hi, Sam. What's up, John? How are you? Sam, I'm doing well. How we doing, buddy? Okay, so I'm from Salt Lake. I'm a pretty big jazz fan. And I wanted to hear, from a Knicks perspective, what would you be willing up or willing to give up for Donovan Mitchell? Uh, I'll keep it pretty simple. Anything not named R.J. Perry. Does that help? Uh, that's the one guy I want to take. Uh, I figured as much. See, I think that will be the breaking point or the discussion point in back and forth with your team and with my team. Because here's my problem, Sam. I need a two-headed monster. And my hope would be I got Mitchell, I got Barrett, and that's two guys I can grow with now over the next couple of years. I got to get Randall off this team. I got to do everything in my power to get Randall off this team. He was a total dog this year. He's never going to be as good as he was two years ago. So they got to figure that out. But would you, if I told you popping quickly Grimes and a couple of first-round picks, that's not good enough for you? If if the Knicks got lucky with a lottery this year, I think I would take that. If we if like if we ended up getting the top four pick, I think uh, I'll save you the trouble on that. The Knicks are not going to get lucky in the lottery this year because Sam they never get lucky in the lottery. Even when they have good lottery positioning, they never get lucky in the lottery. They'll be picking tenth or eleventh. Mark my words. Mark my words. Okay, well I'd, I'd have to mark that one down as maybe then. Yeah, listen, um, your team is going to be making some moves sooner rather than later. Whether it's Gobert, whether it's Donovan Mitchell, who the hell knows? I'd love Donovan Mitchell. I don't want to trade back. That's the one guy I do not want to trade. Morris is up next. Hey, Morris. Hey, Jay. Yes. Sorry, I'm out of the country, and uh, I don't know if you hear me so well, but just to talk a couple things on the Yankees, I don't know if you saw the tweet by Brian Hoke, but it said that Gallo was striking out 30% of the time, which is a career low, but that's where I hate stats and hate people just tweeting random shit because if you have the eye test, you're not, you're watching. That's clearly not right on the field. And I'm happy that Boone's finally giving him a couple days to get his head clear because he's not doing anything 
on the field productive at this point. He's horrific in the field, and he can't bat anymore. I don't know what the hell to say anymore. Morris, it's problematic. Appreciate it that you were breaking up on us. I got you, Morris. Appreciate the call. Um, I'm out on Gallup. I've been out on Gallup. I was fine with the trade because they gave up nothing. Watching him in September and watching him in the wild card game, enough. They should have dumped him. Write that in there. They didn't. That's a mistake. By the middle of this year, I hope Joey Gallo is no longer the Yankee left fielder. Let's head to Scotty, who's up next. Hi, Scotty. How we doing, babe? Bro, watching Joey Gallo play baseball is like watching... Oh, it's cringeworthy. It's cringeworthy. And you know what makes it worse, bro? What makes it worse is this team and the way that they are built. They didn't need another guy like this. And they got a two-month look at him. He didn't fit. He strikes out a ton. That was the time to say sayonara, my friend. But they didn't. Watching him play baseball, JJ, is like watching the last two seasons of the OC, I swear to God. Also, I just rewatched the series, so that's why I'm being... Well, I was thinking, I'm glad that you brought that up. Season one, outstanding. Season two, very, very good. See, and you know, season three had potential. They took the storylines and rushed everything. They killed off Marissa, which was a big mistake. Um, and then the fourth season was just a total waste of time. Total yeah, the fourth time. season was like watching a romantic comedy almost. It was bad, but... And Glaber Torres, too. You got you to add him to that discussion. But he's got no confidence. Scotty, and I know the bun ended up working out because the pitcher from Detroit threw the ball in the center field. Glaber Torres bunting again tells you all you need to know about his stroke and his confidence level. It's the equivalent of a golfer not having the confidence to pull out a driver and they're basically pulling out five or seven iron off the tee because they got the yips, they got no feel, they got no confidence, and they feel like they're just going to shank one basically left or right. So you're right on that. Glaber Torres has been a disaster. Got to pick it up. Let's head to Jeff Money who joins us. Let's head to Thomas, who is up next. Thomas, the floor is yours. What's happening, JJ? Thomas, how we doing, man? What's happening, baby? Nothing. Uh, I'm sitting sitting in my bed. I'm pretty fucking bored. I'm watching YouTube videos of the historic 9-0 comeback um, at Fenway. And uh, you got Swisher hitting the big doubles. You got Teixeira hitting two home runs, clutch, ripping a double down the line. And you would never see that with this team today. They don't, they don't show any sort of heart, and all they try to do is hit home runs. When you see these guys walk in and then trying to get a base hit, and then someone hits a big home run, and then someone else walks, and then he steals second. And I don't know. It's just very frustrating, and it doesn't have the same feel. Like, usually these Yankee teams, they have heart. And they want to win, and they show hard and fight. And this, this, I know they won, but it's it's not the same type of team. Listen, it hasn't been the last few years. They've been underachieving. But it's very easy to make those sort of proclamations when the team is performing the way they have. The Yankees want to win, Thomas, okay? The guys in that locker room, in that clubhouse, they want to win. They're a flawed lineup from the way they've been constructed. Let's be honest. That 2012 team scored a ton of runs. They were flawed in the way they were constructed. They flamed out in the postseason. Don't forget about that. 
All right, we'll take a couple more. Don joins us. Big Don, what's up, baby? JJ, what's going on, my brother? Big guy, I'm doing well. How are you? It's been a little while. Yeah, I'm doing great. Good. Uh, thanks for asking. Two quick questions. First off, I was curious your thoughts on uh, Mr. Jay Wright retiring from... Stunned. Absolutely stunned. I'm glad that you brought that up, Don. I was going to mention that. I'm glad that you brought that up. I was stunned. Couldn't believe it. I hope everything is okay with Jay. I hope that everything is okay with his wife and his family because that is obviously a thought that goes through your mind. I don't think Jay Wright is coaching in the NBA next year. I also don't get the sense, though, Don, that he's done. That's the other thing. He's a young man. He's 60, 61 years old. He could coach some more basketball, but that's a big loss for the Big East, and that is an enormous loss for Villanova. My goodness. Kyle Neptune, he did a good job at Fordham. He actually did uh, found a way to get to, like, 500 at Fordham, which basically should get you a statue, considering the way that program has been for 35 years. He's got a major undertaking. I mean, to succeed, Jay Wright at Villanova, good luck. That is not easy. Well, I'm actually from Connecticut originally, so it's good for my UConn Huskies, I guess, right? Well, it does. It opens the door for Providence and for UConn and for Shaheen Holloway and Seton Hall because you would think this would bring Villanova back to the pack world. You would. But I was stunned. Couldn't believe it. Yeah, and they started mentioning They started uh, dropping his name already on TV as a uh, thought for the Laker job. See, I can't see that. No, I cannot see that. I'd be shocked. I don't think Jay Wright is coaching next year. I think he could coach again. I'd be stunned if he's coaching next year. Stunned. Yeah. I mean, it makes you think, though, like, unless there is something going on in the family, like you mentioned, like, maybe he really is interested in, like, a big-time Laker-type job or something. Yeah, I I just don't think he'd walk suddenly from Villanova like that to go and coach in the NBA. You know what I mean? The timing of it is just very, very perplexing and very bizarre. Bizarre. So the other question I have is just, what do you make? I didn't get a chance to hear anything recently regarding your opinion on this whole Garrett Cole debacle. Like, what what do you think is going on with this dude? Is it really just the sticky stuff? Or why the hell is he just, you know? Well, I think it's a combination of a lot of things, Don. I think the sticky stuff is a factor. I think Garrett Cole's in his own head. I think he's a creature habit type guy. And maybe it's the weather. Maybe it was the Motown music. I don't know. I didn't want to hear what... I'll give Cole this. I was having some fun at his expense after the way he handled himself on opening day. He handled himself like a pro after the game. He basically said, yeah, a bunch of full-letter words. I stunk. I don't know what's going on. I got to fix it. I can respect that. I can respect that. Let's try again. Jeff Funny, the floor is yours. Jeff Funny, take it away. What's up? What's going on there, JJ? Jeff Funny, I'm sick over this Raptor one tonight. Yeah, uh, sick. Sick. Absolutely sick. But you know what? That sums me up the last two nights. I could not be any more cold. What a disaster. Disaster. Playing. I've been, you know, I've been hot, but I, I... Yeah, you were hot yesterday, bro. Give credit where credit's due. You were hot. Yeah, the last couple of weeks I've been hot, so I can't I can't complain about it. Just that, you know, Harden was out of the game. The, the Raptors had their chances. And then that last flicker at the end, I figured, all right, Benny... How does that shot go in? I mean, come on, man. Come on. Or even a push. Usually it's like a two-pointer. We got two points. We figured we should have had that one. That was terrible. No, I can't buy a win, Jeff Money. Last two days, my man, I cannot buy a win. But anyway, we move on tomorrow. Did you look in the card for tomorrow? I already uh, I, I can tell you without hesitation, I will be on Minnesota. Plus the point and a half. 100% I'll be on my Timberwolves. I'm going to roll with the Warriors minus the one and a half in Denver. See, that game scares the crap out of me, Jeff Money. Doesn't that line seem too good to be true? 
It does, but I don't know. I just feel like the Warriors, uh, I think. Well, the Nuggets look shot. Listen, from what you saw in the first two games, the Nuggets look completely cooked and look completely shot. But if there's one game they're going to show up for, it would be tomorrow night. That's my only feel. That's that's true, but I just feel like they. I feel like the Warriors got them. So I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lay the one and a half with the Warriors definitely tomorrow. And Fair enough. I don't know what I'm doing with that game. I can tell you, though, I am on Minnesota tomorrow. Lock it in. I am on the table. Yes. I'm glad I didn't, I'm glad I didn't touch that net game. <laughs> well, dude, if you had the nets, you're sitting pretty in the first half. You're sitting pretty midway through the third quarter. Hey, Durant Irvin couldn't hit a shot. Brown was insane. And the Celtic role plays were really good. That's how you lose. Case closed. I know. They were just ice cold in that fourth quarter. It was crazy. I figured they had that game, you know? So- Jeff Money, that's a game you got to win. Guys, if you're an FN, you're having a hard time sleeping tonight. Your two-star players got to show up. They've done nothing in this series. We'll have this posted. We're back with a pod tomorrow. Good stuff all around. Good work, fellas. JJ out. Be good, everybody.